RNZ National. Friday afternoon means time for Critter of the Week. Nicola Tuki, CEO of Forest and Bird, joins me to introduce another species. Hi, Nick. Kia ora, how are you? Oh, pretty good, thanks. Looking forward to seeing you on the TV this weekend. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I, uh, I'm looking forward to it too. So I'm, I'm going back on the nation. Um, Stir it up, mate. Stir yeah. it up. Well, you know me. I'm a bit of a shrinking violet. So. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new for you? Uh, this week's been really busy in the environmental sector space. Um, we uh, both, sorry, Forest and Bird, Greenpeace and Oxfam Aotearoa spearheaded a campaign which we launched yesterday, I think, um, called Climate Shift, which is basically just about, um, and, and we've been joined by, I think, 34 or more other organisations, other big national organisations, oh, and um, if people go to climateshift.org.nz, they can see what it's all about, and they can sign it. It's basically a 10-point plan. I, no- I noticed that um, Federated Farmers came out, I think, the week before with a 12-point plan, so I'm, I'm pleased we could be slightly more concise. Uh, <laughs> Basically saying, look, you know, we're obviously in trouble. Communities all over New Zealand are feeling the the reeling from the impacts of climate change. Stop uh, having your hands over your ears, decision makers, and focus on three things, real emissions reductions, supporting our communities, and my favourite one, restoring and rewilding nature. So if you're interested in that, please go and sign and pass it along, okay. New Zealand. Yeah. By the way, have you seen this graph that's going around this week showing the current ocean temperatures this year it's a terrifying graph it is a terrifying graph yeah i have and i it's terrible isn't it because i i see it and i've i've had it kind of put in front of me via social media many 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 times and it's really hard to want to you know to to want to engage with that but that is the problem is is we we actually have to face this stuff mm. and address it and make changes so that we can all prosper and kind of look after nature so it looks after us. It, it's really, I think I saw something RNZ had done uh, in terms of collecting data on what politicians yeah. uh, and both of the major parties had been saying yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was our data yeah. team, Guy Nespera and uh, Fra Hancock. Yeah. And uh, I think the word so given everything that's happened this year given cyclone gabriel given what's happened to auckland given Murawai, you know any anything on the west coast of the south island it's incredible to me that the words climate change by leaders of both of the major political parties were uttered like i think i think it accounted for like 0. 0.7 0.07% <laughs> of what they were saying which is just madness yeah. like we have to talk about it so that we can use smart people around the country to figure out how we're going to deal with it it's it's um it's becoming uh, a a weird kind of very large elephant in the room and it's kind of got slightly awkward that which politicians just are choosing not to talk about it mm. uh, and of course one of the um species we're trying to protect with uh, this positive action is the Papatua snakeskin chitin. How's that for a segue? Ah, that was great. I see where you were going there. I also just uh, want to uh, help you out here a little bit. It is the Papatua snakeskin chitin. Yeah, so, that's what I said. Um, that, that H is silent, everyone. Don't make that mistake. Yeah, or don't try and give it a bit of a French accent or you'll accidentally swear on the radio. Um, so. <laughs> what is a chitin? So, a chitin... Um, is a mollusk. So New Zealand has about three and a half thousand species of mollusk, and about a third of those have not even been described. And mollusks are things like slugs and snails, and you know, um, 
the second largest animal group uh, by number of species in the world. Chitons, <laughs> uh Chitons often get kind of um, sometimes mixed up with limpets. So uh, chitons are also known as suck rocks. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I love I love uh, a name that basically describes your job. So they suck yeah. on the rocks. Or, yeah. or like a genre um, of music. Or... And Nickelback, one of the pioneers of suck rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Um, maybe Nickelback <laughs> can take Kaitan on as their mascot. Um, so they are occasionally named a, known as coat of males shells as well. And they're the ones that you see sucking on the rocks um, that have like overlapping, uh, they almost look like an underwater armadillo that's been squashed and then had a squashed snake wrapped around the edge of it. Mm. Does that make sense to you? So, so um, they, they have these overlapping plates, uh, which distinguishes them from a limpet, which of course is just one shell that sucks onto the rock. Mm. And um, for the snakeskin chitin in particular, because they they have a, a what they call a, a girdle, which is this sort of smoother um, kind of almost like a skirt or a, that goes around the edge of it mm. uh, that helps it kind of move around, but most importantly helps it uh, not dry out when they are exposed, when the tides go up and uh, well, when the tide is low. Mm. So um, don't, so I'm very excited about this. I try, I got quite excited um, talking about chitons in um, 2021. You will recall that there was a mollusk of the year competition um, <laughs> and it was an international one. Uh, I do not recall New that. New Zealand. Oh, come on, Jesse. I'm fighting for the chitin here. So um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we have more than 55 species of chitin here in New Zealand. And, yeah, that, that I think that equates to about 8.5% of all chitons that we know about worldwide. Gosh. So we are a, we're a, we're a hot spot for mm. chitons. Um, and sadly, the snakeskin chitin did not win the International yeah. Mollusk of the Year competition. But, um, you know, there's still, there's still a chance for next time so um they they basically you will have seen them if you're familiar with them you will have seen them in rock pools but mm. they can actually live as deep as six thousand meters which is incredible so what sort of life do they have well i mean i i kind of like their life right they have a fairly sedentary uh approach to life that they they basically stuck on the rocks when they are juveniles though because smaller chitons have a um a much greater ability to be um, uh, dried out, mm. they actually have light-detecting cells, which are like primitive eyes, if you like, tucked mm. under um, the, the the overlapping kind of valve shells above so that they know um, they can actually use those to get around and get into um, wetter places when the tide's oh, going out, whereas adult, adult chitons can kind of handle the jandle a bit more. Mm-hmm. So they have, um, a bit like snails, chitons have radula, which are these basically incredible tongues with rows of tiny metal teeth. Um, and that, so radula are used for scraping stuff, you know, scraping algae or whatever. But get this, the teeth are made out of magnetite iron, which is ridiculously tough, right? Yeah. And that's to make sure, well, if you're sucking on a rock all day and you had teeth made of enamel, um, you probably wouldn't last long. So they have... Well, whatever your they, teeth are made of, they've got to be made out of harder stuff than the rock. 
Yeah, that's right. So their uh, their teeth are three times harder than the enamel on human teeth. Oh, that's a great fact. And they basically hide out during the day, come out at night for a feed um, of fresh seaweed, which they're scraping off the rocks. And they're eating kind of bits of everything from sponges and diatoms as, as well as um, algae. But, you know, they, they can cope with um, up to 30 degrees Celsius water temperature, um, so, you know, to a point they'll be able to deal with some of the warming temperatures that we're seeing. They can t- cope with air exposure, extreme heat, water loss. Um, and if, if humans were to cope with those same conditions as what the chitons are going through, it would be the equivalent of us losing 75% of the water in our body and then not breathing for two-thirds of the day. <laughs> so they are kind of superheroes, right? And uh, have you seen them? Like, have you and the kids had a look at them? In yeah, they, ring a, they sort of ring a bell, yeah. I, I, I keep thinking of the ones that you find on fences. That's something else, isn't it? Okay, we are talking about a creature that lives under the water yeah, today. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, but, you know, you sometimes find those odd things just stuck to your fence or stuck to, like, you know, and you're not quite sure what it is. <laughs> like a praying mantis egg case or something. Maybe, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But same sort of shape, but um, but different species, obviously, from the disdain I can hear in your voice. <laughs> Probably. I know. It's a good thing you can't see my face. My team quite often tell me off um, in, you know, video call meetings. I'll, I'll get like a sneaky message from a member of my team if I'm on a conference or something and I'm not, you know, not really uh, enjoying the way the conversations go. I should never play poker because I'll get a message from, my, you know, one of my team just going, face, face, you're doing the face. So. <laughs> Meantime, I've just Googled those praying mantis egg cases. I had no idea that's what they were. That's a conversation for another time. Yeah, no, we can talk about that another time. So, um, But back to the snake skin chitin. So mm. since you're being a bit vague on whether or not you've actually seen one, and yeah. I do encourage you to go out and find them. So there's nothing like rock pooling for big kids and little kids. Mm. They're basically about six centimetres long. They're shaped like an oval, and they have these sort of eight plates that, you know, make them that kind of armadillo-type engineering uh, in terms of being able to roll up if necessary. Um, and it allows them to be able to wrap around under uneven rocks and cling on, you know, and, and sort of surfaces that aren't ideal. And then they have this incredible stripy skirt around the edge, which looks very much like snakeskin, hence yeah. the name. And... They are, you know, that they are another one of these creatures that sort of hasn't changed for many, many years. There's 430 fossil species uh, that we know about because their their life kind of um, uh, has, uh, their, their their approach to life uh, is so successful. I am very excited to report that the largest chitin in the world is the gumboot chitin, and that can there's over a foot long and, and weighs more than two kilograms. Gosh, that's that amazing. sounds like it'd be a pretty good feed, actually. Yeah, and people tend not to eat chitons. They do get eaten by starfish and um and seagulls. You know, we we do have records in the past of densities of you know snakeskin chitin. Uh, in rock pools of more than um, 200 chitons per square metre. So maybe if you're really starving, you could try and scrape a few off and, and chew on them. But I don't imagine they'd be amazing eating. But when you see them underneath, they look really cool. You can very much see that they're a mollusk when you kind of flick them off a rock and turn them upside down, although mm. I'm not recommending that you do that, no. listeners. Um, but you you can see their smiley wee mouth housing their 
magnetite radula, which is also um, pretty incredible. The other thing about them um, is that chitons have a home base uh, and you you sometimes see it on rocks. You'll see like an oval, like someone's carved an oval shape into the rock. Mm. That's um, So it's also known as their home scar and they hmm. basically can return to that uh, every day after they've been out feeding at night and settle back into their their home base. And we have no idea how they do this, right? It's because So either they have a topographic memory, which I'm very jealous of because I can't navigate my way out of a paper <laughs> bag, or perhaps they are leaving like chemical kind of trails, like chemical mucus mm. to guide them back. Um, but my other theory that I love is, is what's been described as the compass teeth theory. So we talked about the fact that the teeth in the mouth of the um, snakeskin chitin are made of magnetite. So it's an iron magnetite. So there's a theory that, that perhaps they can sense the Earth's magnetic field and use that as a guide. Oh my gosh. All these things you would never think about if you just saw a chitin sitting on a rock, as I may or may not have done. Can't recall right now. <laughs> um, can you please rate the attractiveness of the snakeskin chitin on a scale of 1 to 10? I think you can already tell that um, I get pretty excited by a chitin, especially a snakeskin chitin. It kind of, you know, there's a certain genre of of women who like to wear snakeskin prints. Yeah, and that yeah. Kind of, I, you know, I feel like that's a little bit, uh, they may be there channeling that. So uh, I reckon they're styly as, and I'm, I'm going to give them a whole seven. You find the chitin exciting. It's an exciting chitin. Oh, you did it. You did it for me. Thank you. <laughs> Nicola Tuki, thanks so much. People can check it out on our website, rnz.co.nz slash jessie. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next Friday. See you, Jessie. You too. Nicola Tuki.